listening to the EdReach Network. Greetings, EdReach listeners. One thing we know about our EdReach listeners is that they're a loyal and engaged group. As EdReach grows, we're giving our fans a chance to help build a fresh and new EdReach. We want to continue to offer education media that's unprecedented and cutting edge. You can support us by going to www.patreon.com edreach and subscribing for as little as $1 a month. Just $1 per month. We at EdReach have always believed that education needs its own media space. Help us take education forward and become part of the EdReach family. Together, we can continue to do the work that makes education synonymous with innovation. Go to www.patreon.com edreach or go to the EdReach website at edreach.us and click on the Become a Patron link. Give a little so that you can continue to get a lot. Now, enjoy your show. Gamer episode 134 on EdReach. Historia Beta will take you back in time. This is Ed Gamer for Wednesday, April 9th, 2014. Ed Gamer is part of the EdReach network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. Hey, can you? Yeah, a go ahead. Voice. Sorry, let me do that again. Giving education a voice. A big voice. Woo! This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any types of, type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We'll discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And my name is Kate Riley. I'm the product manager of Historia, uh, a new game-infused curriculum that will come out in the fall. And I'm here from Eline Media in New York City, we make games for education and social impact. That's pretty cool. I, I just, my, my little blurby, it's, it's little. Okay, here we go. My name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade Soul Studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. And as you can tell, Jerry's not here. He had some things to take care of, and he could not be here. He felt really bad. He wanted to apologize to you, Kate. So I'm apologizing for Jerry. All right, baby. Okay, it's all good. It's all good. So uh, this will be quite interesting because uh, Jerry is my producer, and so I'm just, you know, saying up front that any mistakes, it's Jerry's fault because he's not here. <laughs> it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. So, okay, here we go. So we're going to start off with some news before we get to Historia, and I got an email from uh, Edmund. I won't use his last name. Edmund, I just want to let you know I'm going to look through that email a little bit more carefully. He, Kate, he sent me an email about Democracy 3. Mm -hmm. which is uh, it, it's a game about democracy and how to run a society, and it seems really, really slick. Um, I think there's all aspects of modern life involved in that, uh, from running, you know, I guess just running a city or a, a civilization. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of complicated. So that'll be, that'll be interesting. It kind of has a, a loose connection to what you're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. Kids are taking on roles as leaders of their own government. Sounds very similar. Yep. Okay, now I'm going to try to share my screen here. So we're going to do this. Let's see, as soon as it loads. Okay. And so this is 
this is an article that somebody shared online and it says Minecraft in the classroom teaches reading and more and you know I've seen a lot of articles about Minecraft which Eline Media you do some things with Minecraft don't you? That's right we're uh, the official educational publisher with Teacher Gaming for Minecraft EDU. That's a that's a pretty good company. That's yeah. Right. That's, they, Joel Joel Levin is the uh, you know one of the mains main guys in that, and he does an excellent job. We he love does, him. He does an excellent job. He works out of our office most days. Oh, very cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this article was quite interesting because it it went into. Um, it talks about games in general, but then talks about Minecraft in the classroom addressing reading. So then it talks about what Common Core says, and then what the game, what Minecraft delivers. Which, I, you know, I've not seen too many articles. I, in fact, I can't even think of one that actually puts this together like this. Minecraft in the classroom addressing writing. You know, what is the story about what you're building? Who are the characters in your made-up world? What is the setting? You know, I've used, uh, especially with with literature. Students would recreate a um, a setting or a scene within a story, and then they would explain all the different aspects of that of that story. And I nice. think that's that's really Minecraft can be used in that in that way. Minecraft in the classroom addresses problem solving, so then it gets into math and then what the game delivers. So this article was written by I'm guess I'm going to pronounce this correctly. I hope uh, Jack, Jack Jackie. I guess Jackie Murray, or Jacquie. I don't. I only took two years of French. So, uh, but it, this is an excellent article. So wonderful job with this. Uh, the other article, um, uh, the the other story. I guess I found. Speaking of stories, is Storium, and this was another thing I found online. I thought Pete Figtree, who's really into stories, I thought he shared this through. Um, Google Plus, but maybe it was Twitter. I'm I'm not sure. Sorry, Pete, if this is you or not you, but this storium is quite interesting, and it's I don't know if the volume is going to play through this or not, but I want to kind of get to a certain point in the video where so it looks like you're creating stories uh, for a game, and then you can create that with other people. And so it's like a crowdsourcing, uh, you know, to create a, a story-based game. And he's, it seems like he has some professional writers, some professional uh, game makers and designers that are, that are involved in this project. He already has $29,000. So getting on to $30,000. And he still has 28 days to go. I think that's, so this is another part of it that was, that was interesting. So it talks about place, character, obstacle, nature, strength, weakness, goal, asset, and subplot. This is, I'm, I'm going to contact uh, uh, this gentleman. I think it's Steven. Um, yeah. So I think his name's Steven. And he, Steven Hood. And uh, this looks really cool. I don't know if they've looked at an educational avenue with this game or not, but uh, Kate, are you seeing some potential avenues here? Yeah, absolutely. This has common core alignment written all over it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, this is pretty exciting. So those are two of the articles that I found. Uh, and before we get to, I'm going to jump back here. Before I get to the the main purpose why Kate's here, because you know we got um, we got to talk about Historia. Um, Patreon. Have you? I, I don't know if I'm seeing this a lot more, Kate. 
but Patreon is a way to uh, to crowdfund uh, for you know whether it's a podcast or uh, something that you're doing you know something you're doing online, especially technology based, and it's it's a way to bring you know EdReach wants to rebuild and be faster and more responsive and media friendly. Uh, they want to start a news division and have a studio and they want to put this uh, you know all together the one thing that would be very handy in this in this aspect is that you know Jerry could focus more on content and you know in the show and be in the show because right now he produces what we're trying to do is figure out ways to have somebody produce help us produce and we as podcasters can come on and interview and uh, discuss and give resources out to our listeners and focus on that because after I'm done posting or putting this together it, you know it takes three to four hours for me to edit and put this online and it takes a long time so it'd be nice if we could have other people do that and we could actually actually create more content uh, if we were able to have some a little bit more funding I hear you so uh, I think it's a dollar uh, a dollar a month and uh, and you'd go to I had this here. Where's my? So it's uh, mm, patreon.com. So p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash edreach and become a patron to edreach. Appreciate your support. Thank you for your support. Okay, Kate, are you? How how are things going? You are, are you keeping busy? Keeping a little bit busy. Yeah. So uh, we've been working on Historia for a little under a year. And just to fill folks in who might not know, Historia is a game-infused curriculum where students learn about social studies and history as they lead their own fictional government through time from Mesopotamia to modern times. So they're leaders of a fictional government and they are, um, but they're leading their own civilization through real historical events and encountering real historical cultures. And so in order to build a civilization that is strong and can thrive through time, they have to take a look at how historical civilizations um, prepared for to face risks and opportunities in the past, and then they have to make a decision about how they're going to prepare their own government to face those risks and opportunities. So, and and we've talked about this, you know, we've talked about this before, to where, um, you know, I've used Civilization Four in my classroom, and it's been very successful. But I run into obstacles when it comes to making sure I have devices, and you know, I, I think one of my CDs is now scratched, so I can't use that. And then if I want to do digital download, that becomes very difficult. Um, you know, how do how do I manage that? How do I put all that together? Right. Um, and Civilization is uh, the game itself is such a wonderful tool for especially a sixth grade world history classroom. And it has all the aspects that you would need, uh, and and to be able to teach. But as as we talked about, it I'm computer savvy. I've used games. I play games. You know, I've been teaching for 18 years. I'm going to have a little mm -hmm. easier time implementing a game like this, Civilization Four, than most teachers. And okay. this is where you guys. This is where uh, um, 
our friends came into play here and and created this. Who are the who are the two guys that have put this together? Right. So um, Rich Brennan and Jason Darnell, two uh, seventh grade social studies teachers from Houston, Texas, loved the game Civilization and, like you, recognized the potential for this game to be a really powerful learning tool. But they also recognized some of the limitations and constraints, even for game-savvy teachers like themselves. And that really, in order to, um, in order to get, to, to squeeze the potential out of something Less civilization, you have to do a lot of hand-holding and a lot of heavy lifting, not only in terms of getting the technology to work in your classroom, but in order to be able to cover the content that you're being asked to cover and build the skills directly within the constraints of a 50-minute bell schedule. Right. So said, okay, well, how can we take elements of civilization, turns, civilization building, purchasing achievements or, um, yeah, purchasing achievements or, or tools, advancements for your society in order to prepare against a real, uh, to face a real historical event. How can we take those things and create a game-infused curriculum where students can benefit from what makes civilization great but within the constraints of a classroom day. And, um, and then we at Eline loved the, the concept that they came up with. And by the way, they developed their version of, um, of this. They developed Historia, is what that game became. And they developed that over a period of eight years in their classroom. Um, so I think they, they always say they started out thinking, oh, this will take us a year to make, and then eight years later they were still perfecting it with students. So it, it went through eight years of students testing it out and, um, and playing it and refining it. They used it to teach their class. It wasn't just a fun thing that they did afterwards. It was really the main tool that they used to deliver content and help students build skills in the classroom. So we at Elon loved the concept, and then we said, well, how can we take this game that they've created, basically using paper, PowerPoint presentation, and a bingo tumbler? <laughs> so how can we take this, and how can we enable it with technology to make it a little easier to play and a lot easier to scale? And so we've been working on this with them for a year, and in the fall, we're going to release Digital Historia, which is the same idea, but it can be played um, using many devices at the same time, iPads, Macs, PCs, Android tablets, and whichever kind of central display you have. Is this um, HTML, is it HTML5? It is Unity. Oh, oh very nice. Unity. You guys are yeah. like, a, yeah, you guys take it to the next level. We do, and uh, we're just gonna have to figure out the whole Chromebook thing. Um, <laughs> but we do expect to be supporting Chromebooks by 2015. So, okay. Um, yeah, no, Unity is a great and, and powerful engine, and it's been great to use it. And um, so we are going to start a beta with 25 classrooms around the country, 25 
teachers and their students are going to try out the game as part of our classroom beta from May to whenever the end of the school year is. It's going to kick off on May 5th. Um, and then in um, July, we're going to make a preview version available on the iPad that will be able will be available to anybody. And then in fall, uh, the game will be available to anybody who who wants it. Okay, so you know I I know a little bit about this, and I know yeah. you guys have kind of held some things at bay, and and you know I'm. And just let people know out there that uh, I, I've been lucky enough to be chosen as one of the the 25. Uh, thank you. And it's so I'm really excited when on April on, on May 5th when I get the package and I start. It'll be one of those things. I'll just be sitting down and reading and, and going through and and trying to play and and, and put it together. And um, but kind of can we give a little bit of a basic, I guess. Outline. Do you want us to go through the beta, uh, the the PDF or the little site there that you have? Is it would that be easier? No, I mean I can I can explain it. And, okay. and then, but what what Zach is referring to everyone is the um, beta kit or the PDF on our site at playhistoria.com forward slash beta, and this is kind of a glimpse into how does Historia work in the classroom? What's the role of the student? And, um, and what's the scope and, and sequence. So um, basically, as I was saying before, Historia is, um, in Historia, students team up to run their own civilization. So they are government leaders in this game. And their goal is to build a civilization that will thrive over time. And throughout the course of an ancient history uh, ancient world history curriculum. They are leading that civilization from Mesopotamia to modern times. And although their civilization is fictional, they are leading that civilization through actual events and through actual encounters with real historical civilizations. Just so like in, Civilization Four. Like Civilization. So in order to figure out um, how to prepare for these cultural encounters and historical events, you as a player, as a student, have to take a look at how real historical civilizations faced the risks and opportunities of their time and how they were able to either successfully prepare or how they failed to prepare and then you take those lessons about what happened in the past to prepare for what you're going to face in the future. So Historia makes historical research matter. Because you're not just doing it to prepare a research paper. You're not just doing it to get a grade on a test. You're doing it to build your very own civilization. Now, so can you... Can you read ahead? I mean, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, okay, if I'm in this time frame that, you know, I guess uh, Mesopotamia or Egypt, you know, that they were thriving, and, you know, do I only read at that time frame, or, you know, do I, can I read ahead into the future? Yeah, I mean, you, that's the thing about it, is that we hope that students will 
um, interrogate history and read ahead so um, because they'll want to do better in the game. And right. the more deeply you research history in this, um, the better you'll do in the game. And so we can take an example from the Historia Beta Kit. So on uh, page 7, we have the Historia Beta Scope and Sequence, and these are the first three epochs or units from Historia. Is this... And I will sh screen share, but it's the one where it starts with Sumer? Right. Okay. So in this first one, students are always in a role, and the conceit or story in Historia is that students are in a simulator um, that simulates historical events and cultural encounters. And this is what allows them to not only move um, forward in a timeline, and it kind of not only... Um, the simulator drops them at different times and in different places in history. And that's why in Historia, we're not just constrained to one geographical area. Instead, we're moving around the globe, encountering different historical civilizations at different times. So we really get to be flexible because of that story. Now, um, the very first unit, or epoch, is in Sumer. And the essential question is what we really want students to be thinking about is how did early civilizations rive, uh, rise and thrive or decline? You know, it's, re it's really about what was the make or break? Why is it that some early civilizations shot up and exploded and became successful and had population booms while others declined? So the role that you're investigating that from um, is students are leaders of an emerging civilization in the age of the Neolithic Revolution. To survive, they must understand how a civilization can combine economy, military, and public works to establish a sustainable food source and protect their land against the powerful Sumerian warriors. So basically, in the beginning of this unit, you learn that you have recently settled on land that is fertile and could offer your civilization an opportunity to create a sustainable food source. However, it is contested land and your, in, your infringing neighbors are the powerful Sumerian army. So you need to ask yourself, what risks and opportunities do I face in this, in this scenario? And what do I need to do to prepare my civilization to maximize the opportunity and minimize the risk? So when they make a decision, you know, because I saw in one of the videos, and I'll have that in the link too, yeah. that uh, in the show notes, that they make a decision, and then is it is it random? I mean, is there some randomness to that those decisions actually? following through or you know, being successful or failing? Um, not in that part. There is randomness built into the game to make it fun and to allow for catch-up mechanics. Okay. Um, that means not letting young people get too far behind because then it isn't fun anymore. Yeah. Um, but in terms of how Historia um, 
tests the strength of their civilization, that is based on historical fact. So it's not random. Okay. So they make a decision and then um, there's, you know, good and bad that comes from those decisions. That's right. So just like in civilization, they are using um, resources that they have. We call them culture points in the game to purchase advancements. Okay. So, for example, in that first epoch, in that first unit, um, things that you might be able to purchase are a plow, um, walled cities, metallurgy, um, and these things might be the kinds of things that you're, you would want your civilization to have if on one hand you had the opportunity to cultivate land, but on the other hand you had the risk of being attacked by people who wanted to take your land. So you're looking at all of the things that are available to you, all of the things that you could possibly buy, and you're looking at how much money you have in your pocket, and you're saying, given that I have limited resources, given that I face these risks and opportunity, what should I buy? What are the different decisions that I could make? And how can I use my resources most effectively? Um, and I'm, I'm kind of looking back here as I kind of, I can jump back here, but um, is this, and then the students are, are thrown into different, uh, I guess, this different roles. You have, as I see here, public works, exploration, economy, education, military, science, technology, Game master, I'm, game master, I'm guessing, is the teacher. That's right. Okay. So uh, do these roles, I mean, so they're, they are making decisions based upon the roles that they play? It's, it's both, right? So every student in every round is responsible for creating a budget. So a budget is your proposal about what you think that your civilization should purchase in that round. Um, and when you make that budget, you're making recommendations in all areas of the civilization. But there is an opportunity for you to um, reflect and become an expert on one pillar. So even though you are researching all of the pillars, it is your responsibility to become an expert on one area. And and just like within you know the game civilization, you know you're, you know you can move up one tree, you can move up military, you could follow up one of these, but you're going to leave some of the others behind if you do that, and that could cause some serious problems. So you know you have to figure out the right, I guess, uh, you have to make the right choices at the right time in order to build a successful civilization over over a school year, right? That's right. But there are also choices to be made, and then at the end of Historia, each student's civilization looks very different. Some are small and have chosen to focus on internal public works um, and domestic uh, resources. Some choose to buy up a lot of colonies and focus on exploration. And in Historia, just as in life, there are risks, uh, there are detractors and benefits to both. 
some civilization choose to go all out on military at the expense of almost everything else. <laughs> Surprise. Hmm. Right. Let, me, let me guess more so boys, but I tell you what, as I get older and as you know being involved in classroom for 18 years, uh, girls are becoming far more aggressive. Yeah, well, you know, the interesting thing about Historia, again, as in, in history, is that in the, in the very first few epochs, military and, you know, science and technology are what matters. Um, but then it starts to turn, and education, exploration, public works, economy, and the understanding of how all of those things intersect increasingly becomes important in the game. And I can explain this to my students because we, we just finished Greece, uh, you know, going through Greece, and, and they're realizing that, you know, jobs during Greek times were a lot different than they were in Egyptian or Mesopotamian times. You know, people were full-time philosophers. That's right. <laughs> you know, they, they just, they, yeah, they just sat around and thought. And right. they could be successful and they could do, you know, they could have a living doing that. But you couldn't do that in earlier civilizations. Uh, and, and there's no way you could survive. And so, you know, I can t try to teach that, but when they actively and can see that through a simulation, a game, that's, that is far more meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we like to say in Historia, students learn history by leading it and by living it. And our goal in this is to make history really matter and to make students really understand that the legacy of history and the decisions that were made in the past are alive today and are still affecting their lives. And we want to get them to realize that by taking on the role of the people who made those decisions in the past. And really realizing that our world today isn't how it is just by coincidence. <laughs> it's really the constraints and the values, uh, the constraints put on and the values embraced by leaders in the past. Now, one last question because we're, you know, we're just about out of time here. But, um, you know, I notice you have, uh, you know, you have a group of students. Are Is it the same group the whole year or is that something that's changed you know, in each epoch, or, you know, how's that, how's that set up? The idea is that students remain in the same group all year, and they build their civilization together all year, and they act as a government. And they, they switch, do they switch roles? Yes. Okay. Oh, so, so they, the idea is that they, ma that they maintain the same um, domain role, so they'll be the education minister throughout the thing, however... Leadership changes all the time in Historia. Okay. Well, that is that is interesting. Um, I'm trying – is there anything you, – you were mentioning, yeah, the, the first beta is starting May 5th, but right. don't – you know, go ahead and fill out a questionnaire. Yeah, go ahead online. and sign up. We had 200 responses for basically a capacity of 25, which is super exciting. Uh, we will be offering an open beta to everybody uh, in July in the form of a preview version. And we, um, yeah, and I would just uh, tell everybody to follow us on Twitter, iPlayHistoria um, at Twitter, and follow our blog at Play Historia, 
com forward slash blog because we'll be doing updates on the beta uh, throughout the months of May and June to share with everybody the great stuff that's going on. Okay. Well, I think that is about it. Very uh, cool. Thank you so much, Kate. I appreciate it. And I know we'll be in touch. We definitely will. I know we will be in touch. So thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer podcast. Please follow Ed Reach. Uh, all the black – you know what? I normally read off this stinking thing. I, you figured I could be able to read it without – okay, here we go. So um, uh, maybe. Did I delete it? Are you kidding me? Thank you for watching Ed Gamer. <laughs> please, please follow us on uh, uh, on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. Word. <laughs>